by the time I, I went down and had a quick look down this kind of cut back bush and, and have a look at this cleaner, um, I turn around and look and the car is just taken off. We've had this chance to to um, be edgy and, and be self-sufficient, which is what the DIY culture of hip-hop is about. I get to be and share, have sit down meals and talk and connect and, and, and hear how, you know, whether they're in the culture or not anymore, but a lot of the folks are. Hello again, mate. Welcome to episode 86 of Toy Division. This episode is with someone from the New South Wales city of Newcastle, and we talk about their trip to New York, a bit of history, pretty cool story about being in New York. So it's a good episode, and I'm pleased we managed to get it done. Also, check us out on Instagram, Toy Division 2. That's Toy Division 2 on Instagram. There is also a few copies of the Sydney Tangara zine left. And also, we've got a fair few of the slam door ones. So why not buy both of them at the same time? And also, a few of the size small. We've got a small t-shirt or two left. All the big ones are gone. Also, just want to give a shout out to a magazine that I was gifted at some point. And that is a magazine that you can get from Artillery Magazine online. So check out their uh, Instagram, so that's Artillery Magazine. Um, and the zine that I'm talking about is called Milestone. So it's all about mile and it's a really nice little zine that's been put together almost kind of like by hand. So it's not super digital style and I would really rate it. So check out Artillery Magazine and their website is artillery-projects.com so that's artillery-projects.com and that website will also be in the show notes so i'm going to stop rambling on let's jump straight in and please enjoy yeah we've just had a bit of a chat before we started recording but welcome to toy division it's been uh it's been a, a little while in the making, but I'm really pleased we've managed to get it done um, or make getting it going. So how is uh, the weather in sunny? Well, it might not be sunny. You're saying you've been doing a little bit of a uh, bit of garden work this morning. So is it actually bearable um, in the part of the world where you are? Yes, it is. But uh, first of all, I'd like to say thanks for thanks for having me on. It's, um... It's definitely something that uh, when I'm actually in the garden, funny enough to say that I do like to put on a few podcasts and uh, 2D is definitely something that um, I like to get into and, you know, just, uh, yeah, get in there and have a bit of a green thumb, but the weather is nice. It's, um, it's, it is the middle of, uh, it's just started winter, so, but it's um, actually warm in the sun, but when you're out there getting around and getting a bit sweaty, you know, it makes it a bit warmer, but you know, things are well up here and has have a, we have had a lot of rain, mm. but um it's got a really nice uh, sunny dry spell at the moment. Which is well, to, to give people a bit of context, because I know people from different parts of the world do listen to this, still blows my mind. I understand that's how the internet works. People around the world can access things, but maybe I'm still a bit of a technophobe. But you're actually in somewhere called Newcastle. Now, Newcastle, where would you say Newcastle is? And we're not talking about if people are thinking, oh, is that Newcastle in the UK? It's not Newcastle upon Tyne, it's Newcastle in New South Wales. So where would you say that is kind of in the geography of 
New South Wales and Australia? It's on the east coast of Australia and it's uh, probably about 150 k's north of Sydney. And I would say it's about a three hour direct train journey from Sydney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a pretty slow um, slow way of getting there. But by <laughs> car, you can easily do from the, the centre of the city uh, just over two hours. And with all the new connect tunnels and stuff, it makes everything a lot clearer, uh, clearer, a lot more fluent. Yeah, well, I, I've done that train journey uh, when I came and, you know, you kindly showed me around the local area, which is very lovely of you. Um, I really enjoyed that train journey. It is pretty slow, you're right. <laughs> and I did also have very wet socks from treading in that dog shit and then that oh. giant puddle. So that was that was um <laughs> that was using the carpet on the way back on the train to try and dry my feet cuz there's been uh. a, there's, there's, yeah there's been a fucking lot of rain, hasn't there in Oh that yeah. New I, South I agree. Wales. The East Coast low that's been just driving everyone pretty nuts with the wet weather and and you know that you know there's a lot of um in the house there's a lot of mildew and a lot of uh different stuff that's getting on people's clothes and and things like that we had to get a humidifier and just to take a bit of that zap out of the air that's um the freshness and how english of me talking about the fucking weather <laughs> <A> surprise <laughs> oh how is the weather well, sir how is it is it raining goodness <laughs> me yes how english well you know it's it's very very much part of just building those relationships and you know just having meeting you for the first time which is really great to have you up in in our beautiful city but having the um you know just those little side banners and you know unfortunately you did you did come a cropper on a few things but you know we had fun <laughs> i had a bit of a laugh and then and, and it felt very benny hill-esque you know explaining that you know that kind of english tone but yeah it was great man i was waiting yeah. for that <laughs> <laughs> probably more the circus kind of thing but yeah yeah well someone needs to clean that bridge that's all i'm saying that... <laughs> yeah dog dog shit bridge man <laughs> <laughs> that was like something out of a fucking Rambo film. It was just pre-laid fucking landmines, just dog shit everywhere. And uh, but anyway, and you anyway, me. yeah, I did. Watch out! Watch out! Yeah. So, and then you're like, oh yes, yeah. and again, So we've gone from talking about the weather to me treading in dog shit. This is how Toy Division works. <laughs> it's, uh, we do. We just it's, it's it's you know it's like another branch on the tree. You know, we just just keep reaching for the sun. So, I mean, what to a couple of the wait, we, what we did was that day, and without giving people the fine, fine details, we actually went through a lot of the not necessarily all the things we're going to talk about today, but you told me some amazing stories. So, what I was thinking is maybe we could start from some of those stories about, you know, I would say in years gone by where you've experienced the world um, and gone abroad, and then we could maybe talk a little bit about Newcastle if you're happy to do kind of in that in that way round. So, because yeah, those stories sure. you've no got problem. from you know LA, New York, all those types of things, I think would be really interesting to the people that listen to Toy Division. Because I'll be honest, most of us are graffiti nerds, and what we want to hear is nerdy graph stories. That's 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 my jam. Yeah, definitely. And I guess nerd is something that's um, come a little bit freshly in the last couple of years in the sense of understanding what that means. And let's face it, nerds run the world. I had me, I was talking to a young person the other day and, and they were saying like, you know, like a super cool guy at school, you know, um, can't really be a nerd, but a nerd can be a super cool dude, you know, yeah. so in that kind of, so the nerds run the world. So. I was just anyway. a nerd. I was just, I was short, <laughs> and, I was short and fat with glasses, liked comic books 
and was really shy. And until I then found the wonders of maybe graffiti and hip hop, and I then became, oh, wow, I can put on this persona and suddenly people think I'm kind of cool for some reason. I'm still keeping that going up until that this day. I'm keeping that, that like what yeah. I call my um, hip hop echidna suit on the outside, my prickly hip hop echidna suit. But I think the prickles are getting a little bit less spiky as I get older. So slowly yeah. but surely, slowly but surely. So let's, let's go, let's, let's go back. Let's jump in the toy division time machine. Um, we're not going to go back and kill baby Hitler because that's that was something I was watching in the Ricky Gervais thing yesterday and that was making me laugh about this you know people would go I'd go back and kill baby Hitler well you strangle a baby to death well yeah if it was Hitler so um, maybe, maybe go back and just give it more cuddles yeah exactly yeah there we go a little, that, a little bit is, more probably yeah. a <laughs> probably a bit more love then <laughs> yeah more love attachment and less trauma and he might not be so angry with the entire world there you go yeah. Boom. All right. So well, the episode's done. See you later, mate. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. Cheers. See you. Bye. That was the quickest. Well, not the quickest. <laughs> um, so if we're then talking about, let's let's jump. So we jumped into that time machine, not the baby Hitler hugging machine. Uh, but if we're going back to, uh, from what you said when we um, hung out that time, it was the 90s. So you did a correct me if i'm wrong this is me going from memory not always that reliable definitely not with me but it was a trip that began in la so in los angeles the city of los angeles and then went through to new york so if have i kind of got that right general yeah, overview yeah. yeah okay so can you give yeah, like yeah. an idea of when when that was was it 90s early oh. noughties when was that it was early noughties mm -hmm. um and yeah, the, the whole LA trip was, um, I'd never necessarily traveled abroad in that sense. Yeah. So I um, I just wanted to always be in America first, as opposed to like by this time, Europe was really insane and going really nuts. And I had some, you know, crew members and family and they go head over there and they're saying like, hit here, go there, do this. But I, for me, you know, for one, being that I am a, I am from, you know, I was starting in the, you know, the, the early eighties wanted to go to new york do that whole experience of new york la and 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 do it in that way um not many people that i could kind of lean to or get stories from had been there much before so i did a lot of it fresh um i did have one connection in in new york but as it was for la i just pretty much landed and went for gold and just had a look around and went down to venice as you do and you know looked at a few tattoo parlors and did all the things that i love to do and went into a kind of a like a, a hip-hop shop that was down there at venice and met a, a well-connected person there and that's where my trip started that person then put me on to um you know set me up to san jose and then like san francisco and, and all around that bay area and um you know i got to do some good stuff with him as well you know so that's that was the la in a nutshell in the trip and then i was there for you know probably that month or so three weeks four weeks so to get the kind of viewpoint there, what you were saying was, was that there had definitely started to be, or there was, you know, the European connections, Aussies traveling abroad, going to Europe, being like, wow, there is a lot of train systems here. There's not just, because I guess in Australia, there's, you know, there's train systems, but they can be very 
not few and far between, but again, Australia is a ginormous country and the majority of the main train systems are, or, you know, uh, places to actually go and paint are in the major cities, which are actually not that, um, again, I'm- Yeah, they're not close, to, yeah. Yeah, so, but you'd yeah. said that people have gone to Europe, they're like, yo, I should go here, you should do this. And you're like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I want to go, I want to go to New York. I want to experience that. And, and yeah, exactly. And you know, like yeah, I was. I mean, I was excited later on to do Europe. But as it was, I just knew that where when everything came to Australia, I understand it where it came through the videos and the books and everything. Um, not being that old fellow at the end of the bar before we had the internet and going on about all that. But you know, before we actually had the internet, that was our connector points. So for me, when being exposed to that, I wanted to tick that first, and, and you know, at least have a, a feeling of what that was like to be in that space, even though it was many years on when, you know, I first came to Australia, but I wanted to just be immersed in that culture. And I, I knew once my world could unfold after that, once I've explored that kind of, you know, that America in the sense that I wanted to explore it as what well. it came over in books and videos and all that business. So this so, would have been the um, early noughties and you were saying that you went to LA and then yep. You went to San Jose in the Bay Area. It must have been pretty wild, because from my understanding, the Bay Area in the early noughties was pretty smashed, from what I can understand. Is that, am I, have I got that? Because I know LA's had very hard buff, or was yep. it kind of, because I'm just trying to get a bit of an idea for the people, because again, you know, now we think, I think, when I think of LA, I think of very, very hard buff. Um, because yeah. they really, they really don't let things last, do they? So when you got no, no, when you it, got to LA, were you like, wow? Because I guess it, back in the early noughties, there would have been also a lot of heaven spots being done. What were you noticing yeah. when it came to maybe writers or spots that were being done? Which kind of I know it's twenty-ish yeah. years ago. I, I'll yeah, I recall as much as I can. As for the Bay Area, such, mm. um, I think I might have kind of peeled off a bit too far there. Like kind of, I was thinking of more San Francisco in and around those areas and then the travel from that way back to San Jose because I did a couple uh, of spot trips in San Francisco right. and stuff like that. But landing in LA was, you know, I had this kind of conjured up thing in my head that the, the air would taste different and, and <laughs> I'd, you know, not taste different, but smell different and look mm. different. And it was grey and smoggy, but I don't know, I just had this kind of innocence, you know, when I landed over there. But when I got there, I, the first thing I went and did was just checked out the sites, but also too went, went to a hardware shop and got some cans and had a look around. And, you know, I didn't really, I wanted to go do pen stuff and stuff, but I, I don't know, I was a little bit spooked, I guess. Um, I felt a little bit uneasy. Um, I did have a couple of nights there where um, I just went out there and checked out sports bars. And I think LA was in the grand finals at the Staples Center and I can't, you know, around that time. and. And, you know, a lot of people are around and stuff. And I end up um, going out to a few clubs that um, shut, uh, when everything shuts after, I think, two or two, I think it's about two o'clock, they stop serving alcohol. So you go to mm. these kind of like dark, dingy places where they sell jello shots. So by the time I've kind of nestled my way around this second or third night in LA, I've kind of picked up a motley crew of, you know, there was a New Zealand dude that had been living in LA and he had like a, a tattoo on his face. I had another surfer dude that loved, like Mark Richards from Newcastle, who's um, pretty a pretty um, early famous surfer that become a world title holder. Um, I had this this girl that was in the punks, so we're just rolling around together. And then there's just this fellow like me, you know, just 
getting around and checking out stuff. So we're rolling around these clubs after two, getting jello shots. And I wasn't aware of, I hate jelly or jello, whatever <laughs> they call it. And I, I, I remember just, I said, he goes, oh, I've got you, Australia. You know, he's calling me Australia and Sydney and whatever else. And, mm. and we went over there and, he, and he, he brought over these, they look like shots. By this time, we're all pretty trolled, man. You know what mm. I mean? We're all these shots and he puts it on top of the wine barrel and we're like, here you go, it's 50 bucks worth of shots. I go, sweet, we all cheers. And then I pull it up and have a shot and it gets stuck on my nose. I'm turning around looking going, what the fuck's this, man? He's like, they're jello shots. And then I just, as everyone's kind of shot and chill, and I've picked up the tray, turned around to the other fellas and went, here you go, there's all shots for you guys. They go get some fucking proper piss. <laughs> and I'm always going, where are they? And I said, I just came to them, get some proper, because we can't. And I'm going, why not? And he goes, because you're not allowed to sell the alcohol. I said, that's silly. And, um, you know, not to know later on down the track in Newcastle, we have the Newcastle experience where you can't have shots and it's got to be watered down and all this other business. But, yeah, so I just got offended by just like, necking this jello shot and it got stuck to my nose and I ended up just chucking it. Hit someone in the back of the head and, you know, meanwhile, I'm kind of looking around, get more, I don't care, get more. So I, I kind of got a bit distraught, I think, after that. And I ended up just, um, I don't know, there was like just dancing cages and stuff like that. So I was up with the DJ and dancing cages and... So I ended up being not leaving. I can't remember how I got escorted out or, um, or whatever. But, but, I love that. You're like, yeah, I left or maybe I got escorted. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Yeah. So I got escorted out and um, well, I, I reckon I would have because, you know, it was, you know, once again, obviously feeling a bit of Dutch courage and feeling a bit more comfortable after a couple mm. of days in. But I didn't know where I was. What Where I was was, I think, more... Um, just up from Venice Beach. And so I end up finding the beach and just end up walking in this concrete path, right? You know, the concrete path that everyone walks along and that around Venice. And I can't remember if I was down towards this end or that end, but I ended up just walking and just meeting different people and then, you know, big crews of people, which I kind of identified that could have been gangs. And, yeah. you know, they were coming up. And I was kind of being loud. Like I was singing and going on and fucking jello shots, yeah. <laughs> and whatever else, just been just been an Aussie ass clown, and and then I had dudes coming up to me and just kind of yarning, and the girl keeps singing, you know, because I, I guess they want to. I was identifying myself by singing in Australian accent, and they were just yeah. saying strongly, just keep keep using your Australian accent loud as you're walking down. So I was telling them I'm going, I'm on the right track, and and then I remember seeing a second group and kind of have a yarn with them, and I, I think I was freestyle rapping and they were beatboxing, and then I just get a click, and then I start running at this bloody swing, and then. I swing on that and I flip and I eat, the, I eat the sand and these guys are just laughing. So I just remember getting back in the morning, waking up in this, this like backpackers with surfboards all around me. And it was, I wasn't even in the right room. You know what I mean? Like I woke, I woke up and it was all these um, Japanese um, like surfers, male and female in this room, just all looking at me like that, wetsuits everywhere. And I kind of hooked a, there was no blanket where I sleep and so that happens and the wetsuits wrapped around me and, and, you know, just getting up, I think I might have actually walked on a surfboard as well. I was, oh, yeah, I was pretty cactus in the next morning. And that's me just pulling pulling things in and stuff like that. And when I kind of caught up with this guy that hooked me up, up the coast, he was, he was saying, where'd you go? And I said, I was down here. And he was kind of, kind of quite surprised that um, I even made it to the other end. He said, <laughs> I said, what happened? I said, I don't know. I just kept walking. I remember eating sand on this swing and these dudes just coming up, raising me and rapping and... And then in other groups and stuff like that. And they're just telling me just to keep being loud or something. <laughs> so I'm not making it where I was going. I'm going, oh, here we are. And it felt like hours, you know what I mean? And the sun was coming up. I'm like, 
fuck, I just need to find my room. And there was a door open and that's where I went. <laughs> well, it's interesting you say that about it getting light. Now, I'm going to admit something quite embarrassing. Uh, so when I moved here to Melbourne, I went out with some friends to Brunswick and I live very close to Brunswick. I live probably 20 minute walk max and that's at a relatively slow pace. My friend, shout out to my Scottish friend. I know he, I don't know, but I guess he listens to this. Um, he kindly got me on a tram, got me off at the right spot and said like, this is your spot. You just need to walk straight for 15 minutes and you'll be where you live. Five hours later, it was getting light and I'd been walking around in pretty much like rectangles and circles for the last five hours. <laughs> but but I had a bag of paint in my hands Ooh. the whole time. Yeah. And got home. My hands were completely clean and I hadn't used one tiny bit of the paint. Oh, really? So there wow. must be something hardwired into my subconscious booze filled brain where it goes, you've been nicked doing that before. Don't, Don't do start it. getting cans out when you're pissed. So, it's, it's done up a lot of people in history, man. It's yeah, big, you know, it's called the invisibility <laughs> cloak. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's got a lot of things done as well, I guess. <laughs> you know, and yeah. you know, in those senses, you know, because you do you do live, you know, give it creates a bit of a bit of a force field you could say around you sometimes, and I think that's what worked for me that night. But I've always been a bit of a you know, like a bit of a yarner and, and social and having a bit of fun and, and you know, just, I don't mind exploring stuff and, and doing stuff like that. And after I um, told him that story, you kind of giggle and he goes, yeah, yeah, just be careful next time, man. I said, I was careful. I was. <laughs> and he goes, man, he goes, you're like bloody Steve Irwin. And, I, you know, <laughs> and that's that's where that started, you know, because Steve Irwin was bloody blowing up big around Australia, I mean, around the world then. And yeah. so anything that, like, there was like S to that kind of adventure, I'll go, bloody Steve Irwin. He goes, God, they're going for your calves. And I said, no, they weren't. No, no, they weren't. No, and they just start doing it all. They start doing it all back to me. So that was a funny, um, yeah, everywhere I went, they would just have to bring up Steve on that one and show me and tell. So I don't think it was as big or not in my sphere when, when you know, that late 90s and early 2000s, but America loved him, you know. Oh, it was really big in England. Steve Irwin was, you know, and again, my understanding of Australia was limited to, you know, growing up in the UK, even though there is such an obvious, clear connection, historically wise, between the United Kingdom and Australia, for obviously many, many reasons. But my understanding of Australia was so limited. It was, yeah. there was a beer called Foster's, which is obviously <laughs> bullshit. Because um, <laughs> my Australian wife looks at it and goes, who the fuck drinks that here? Why has it got Australia? She's almost like offended to the core of her soul. Like, who is saying this is an Australian? I'm like, well, I think it's a marketing tool, but also neighbors um, and home and away. That was those, those three things. Oh, and Crocodile Dundee. Those were my oh, like massive. main things that I understood about Australia. And then I remember coming here for the first time and being blown away. Because I was like, there's so much more to this country than just weird soap opera style living. And there's loads of people here who aren't fucking Anglo white. Wow, my mind is blown. So, <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, and and yeah, growing up like that, and yeah, even for us, like, and when we travel far and wide, any of us, like we do, we do, we do get excited because we are so far removed from the world. 
um, in that sense. And like a lot of times when people say, yeah, I'm going overseas. But if you're from Europe, you're not necessarily flying overseas. So when we leave Australia, we're saying we're going overseas because literally we're going over the seas to get where we're going. Going a so really so... fucking long way to get anywhere, which is what I found out. Yeah, recently. yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, like Australia fits into America as it fits in, you know, if you look at the geographics of the map and, you know, it's, it, it, it is very vast. And But it, going back to what you're saying about just that perception of Australia and, you know, Skippy and after I, you know, done a little bit of travel in Europe and stuff, like Skippy is how a lot of people in, you know, Europe got the connection to, you know, understanding what Australia is. You know, the bush and, and Skippy yeah. and helicopters and the, the reserves and massive, massive. Skippy was like, you know, done in so, so many languages all around Australia. That was, you know, probably the, the Steve Irwin of, of its time as well. And, you know, everyone's got a fascination with the outback and, and we, we all do as well. Like, you know, most Australians don't quite realise what you have until you do do a bit of travel around, yeah. understand the beautiful connections that we do have in our country and um, and the way it's sold to the world. And going back to Foster's, what I understood, mm. I had a mate um, mm. when he was living in London, yeah. he he said that the stuff that they have in Australia was like horses fish, but the stuff was more premium when they went to England. I couldn't tell the difference, but he was pretty spent <laughs> on that story, you know what I mean? He, he was saying like, no, nah, the premium ones are great, so they get the half litre and so we're, you know, being Aussie as fucking feeling like Barry McKenzie or something, you know, that fucking, yeah, you know, wolf, you know, and but, but yeah, Foster's, it's a funny one, it's a funny one, that one, man. And when <laughs> we were selling us up, sorry, carry on, yeah, yeah, sorry. I, I was, I was going to say, I think they're selling us up the river on some of those quirks, you know, but oh, 100%. Hey, we love taking the piss out of each other and, and taking the piss out of ourselves, you know, and I think it's something that we've always done, you know what I mean, like it's almost dismantling. Um, have an ego, but also being vulnerable and dismantling ego, you know what I mean? And, and just going, oh, if you can't you know, take the piss out of me if I take the piss out of myself. You know, who are you, mate? Self debt, was it self, uh, self de deprecation? Is that the term? I learned that at like about 15 or 16 because I used to be super yeah. quiet and like reserved and wouldn't say boo to a goose. And I was like a bully's dream because I wouldn't fight back. I wouldn't do anything. And then I realized the power of self-deprecating humor. And when yes. I became yes. fun, in inverted commas, funny or amusing, suddenly I realized it was like this force field between me and bullies because they'd be like, no, actually, I won't say my surname. They'd say my surname. Like, yeah, you're actually funny. You are. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Don't worry. I won't beat you up anymore. I'll just laugh at your jokes. But they better be fucking funny. <laughs> okay. And just one more thing about Foster's. There is a lyric actually. It just jumped into my mind. Now, sorry to. I think this is Jack Diggs from the UK on one of his tunes. Okay. And I'm pretty sure I've just come out of my memory. It says your style of hip hop. It's like Foster's watered down and overpriced. So that says what must a lot of UK people think of because Foster's is shit beer. But like we were sitting and in a we were sitting in a cafe uh, in a supermarket in England and there was a big stack of cases of Foster's and it said Melbourne Foster's. And I said my wife's sitting with me and she was almost like offended. She was like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, that's not, we don't really drink that. Like I've I've hardly ever seen Fosters really popular in Australia. So what are they doing? I was like, it's not me that's doing this advertising. I think it's just fooling people into that kind of because a lot of the yeah. advertising in the '90s and the early '90s was like being on the beach, kangaroos, Driven. yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. 
So anyway, let's stop advertising Fosters now because we're giving them too much fucking airtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's uh, let's move right along. But let's um, move on. But yeah. But, yeah, but so we'll work, you know, that's that was the Motley crew, you know. I mean, when yeah. we were touring around like um LA, you know, I was picking up all the Motley crews because they, they love aspects of Australia. You know, yeah. that's how I, I built my connection possibly when we're going around, you know, the nightclubs and the pubs and the sports bars and you know, first thing you come up and go, I'm I'm from such and such and they go, Oh, do you know such and such? I'm gonna hang out with you and and then we just end up having a crew of about four or five people because we had some sort of connection to their understanding of Australia. And mm. I think, you know, especially being in 2000, you know, around those early 2000s and, and being over there, that was, you know, it was still a, 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 you know, you know, being so far away and removed, you know, Australia always had a bit of a, I don't know, a, a dream sense of, you know, what Australia is and, and what it is. And, and it is because of heavy advertisement of what, what they push until you kind of meet an Australian with different thought processes or, or different uh, hobbies like, you know, hip hop and drawing from those elements. Did people not? Did people mis misinterpret your accent? Because that's a common thing, isn't it? They're like, well, "Are you from?" Um, well, I think when we met yeah. up, that when South we African. met up, yeah, are you South African? Are you? I I've been asked before, "Are you Irish?" And I'm like, my voice does not sound Irish at all. And I've got a mate who's from Glasgow, and he's constantly got people going like, "Where are you from?" I can't understand your accent. But I suppose we are on the other side of the world. Um, and then I also would ask you, so had you gone on this trip to go right back to the beginning, what we were talking about when it came to L.A., had you literally got on a plane solo and just been like, right, off I go on this mission to get to L.A. and then I'm going to New York? Yeah, basically. And, wow. and just to pull on my nose to know that, that I can do it. And, you know, I think I just got onto the Internet then. I will just, you know, I wasn't I was a bit slow on the old um on the old keys, you know, so I'd, I'd set up an email for the first time and a little bit before and I just sat there dormant and then I had to use that to connect because everything was well expensive um, and, you know, and, and the Australian dollar back then was, you know, piss poor. So, and, you know, every, so to use the internet and go over there and so, yeah, I was just getting around, get my, you know, doing what I had to do and, and getting, you know, staying in contact by, you know, wouldn't, I'd ring it only now and again. And, yeah, just doing a fresh face. So still even then to, to go out there and connect with people, it had to be a physical thing or a turn up spot or, you know, follow your nose. And I like, I have an interest in this area and just have a conversation. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and then just, you know, using that old school social face-to-face way as opposed to, you know, what we know is the internet today and, that was a pretty big difference then. So when you say just turn up and see what happens, is what exactly what I did. Yeah, I tried a similar thing when I came to Australia for the first time, and it it lasted about a month. It was meant to be a year, and it, it lasted a month. But I can tell you that story at a, a whole other time. It wasn't graffiti related, <laughs> thankfully. It wasn't arrest related. It was um yeah, it was about something else. Um, nothing, yep. nothing too bad. Um, okay, so then moving from I'm LA. I'm glad you will. Thanks, Lisa. It was when I was nineteen. <laughs> it was when I was nineteen. So I'm only it's only twenty well, years ago, but yeah. I've um yeah good. I've got a fun story to tell about that one. Uh, and it's like it Okay, probably, well we'll have to stay peeled for that one. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, it probably will <laughs> pop up on this bloody podcast at some point. So if we're then yeah. talking about going from LA, so again, geography is not my strong point, but I'm very aware the United States, I call it North America, because, you know, a lot of people say America and and people from South America yep. or the, the continent of South yep. America are like, no, please call it Correct. North America, because there's a lot more to these continents than just 
America. So the United States of America, not sure how united they always are, but that's their title. Going from LA, (laughs) so LA is West Coast, and then going over to New York is the East Coast. Now, that is a fucking long distance. So can you just describe or go through how you, not necessarily just how you got there, but how did that process start? It sounded like you picked up that Motley crew, but Oh, um, <laughs> over to New York. Yeah, I was, I was still, I, I still um, was just getting around, and that's before I, I just started connecting in, in hip hop ways. And you know, I've, I've always wanted to live out the fact that I always believe that we can. It's a universal thing, so we can go and connect, Thank find you. other people of like likeness, and and do that and fulfill that. So I did connect, and and this is post the Motley Crew and um, hanging on Venice Beach with everyone else. Um, and that's when things started to move a little bit for me. Um, whilst I was in LA before I went, um, I went and had a couple of with Brady's and had a pretty good experience, couple of experiences there with, you know, like, um, you know, gunshots going off and then helicopters and racing back to cars. And so, you know, that was a good experience there. And, you know, having many of the, the 90s kind of hip hop songs going through my head as I'm, you know, kind of on the toe sort of thing. So. Um, when I went to New York, I actually had that planned, so I had my flight internally. So I, I, mm. I, I thought I'll give myself as much time um, in there as I did over there, and I think collective was about three to four weeks both spaces. Um, but one, I just do want to acknowledge when I went to San, San Jose and, and San Francisco, I had an amazing time with some well-established crews up there. And I know you did ask me about, you know, the cleanliness of LA, and that was that was down there, but. The, the rooftops and the heaven spots and all that stuff in San Francisco on that stage in, in 2000, late 90s, 2000, it was very active and it was an amazing space to be in. And the, and the crews that I hung out with were, you know, like some, some of those crew members have gone on to do amazing stuff as we know them today. And, and you know, hanging out with those crews and doing different stuff down at the, on the harbour and, and getting involved and, you know, um, going to tattoo studios and hanging out with different people. I, I got to meet a very, a comfort point of my trip where it started to be fulfilled and live very well and um you know it got to the point you know where so hot up there in san jose and, and doing different stuff that one of the dudes that was hosting me you know would, would go man it's too hot out there you know i've got the air con in my room just come and put your mattress on the floor and chill so i got to build some very strong relationships by exploring and living out that stuff so i just wanted to acknowledge that before i went to new york because when i got to new york i was in this kind of friendly bubble <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I was, and you know, I did get some messages from the folks I was hanging out with, and and you know, when I got to New York. But um, as I went to New York, and I didn't really—that was the only place I really had a connection was with an, an MC, a New York MC that was living in Australia, and he hooked me up with um, someone in um, Greenpoint in um, Queens. So, but um, of course, the internet, and I didn't really had all the information on the internet and stuff, and I thought, well. LA should be kind of like New York, and once again, going a little bit blind and not really, you know. So I, I you know, I'm, I'm in the way of services, so I could go mm. to like local kind of internet bars and get on and or libraries and stuff like that. And so I kind of landed pretty late in New York, and then I got, I end up jumping in a cab with a, a Pakistani fella, and we're just yarning cricket, and um, I end up hopping in around lunchtime. By the time I got out, it was like nearly dark. And because what had happened was he wanted me to stay in the front talking cricket with him and still pick up other fares. So we ended up just driving around New York, just talking cricket and all things, you know, like um, all that stuff, Shane Warren and all that stuff. So I think I ended up spending a couple of hours with him in his cab. 
and he was just picking people up and going, and he goes, we're not here. And I think, senior, I think I ended up giving him just like 20 bucks for the whole time. <laughs> so he got out and I got excited. So I went and got a beer and I had my big backpack on and started getting pretty dark. And I'm like, fuck, I haven't got this dude's number to contact him or how do I get in contact with him? And I, I needed the internet. And I thought, well, let's, I got him to drop me down in that general area. And I was like, cool, and get down, looking around. I couldn't say anything. There was no kind of kinkos or that's a place where it's a copying place where you can get on the internet. Couldn't see the library. I believe it could have been a Sunday. So a lot of those services were shut. Uh-uh. And I just had a broken down moment. I'm just sitting there going, fuck am I doing? You know what I mean? Here I'm in New York, fucking, you know, and I just had a bit of a broken down moment and, and I'm just sitting there in my beer and just sitting on this seat. With, didn't even take my backpack off. You know how you double up on a seat and you sit on you like, come mm. on. And you got your beer and kind of saddled in a seat. I'm just kind of having a bit of a teary. And this guy comes back and goes, you're all right, mate. I said, I said, oh, not really. I'm kind of on this kind of whirlwind trip and I need the internet. He's like, really? He goes, oh, yeah. And he goes, I can't get it. He goes, ah, there's nothing around here. And I'm like, oh, I've got the internet. I said, oh, cool, man. He goes, our band's rehearsing down under this, under, under you know, in this kind of like, um, like little downstairs area and I said oh cool he goes come on let's go and I said oh sweet and I said well before you go let me buy a six pack to say thank you so I ended up buying a six pack and I had my own six pack and we all went down there and I was a punk band so we went downstairs and he said get on the internet and I got all my right things and I got the, the gentleman's number and they let me use their phone and that was really cool so I ended up staying down with them folks and you know until about dark time just just having a couple of beers and then I got in a town car and they told me exactly where to go so I ended up catching up with this fellow and he was in a place called CBGB's in New York. And um, that's where he was kind of doing an art gallery space, MC kind of, DJ kind of Sunday afternoon gym. I'm pretty sure it was a weekend, so it would have been a later afternoon, Saturday or a Sunday. Went straight in there, dropped my bag off, relieved to see this guy, give him a cuddle, you know, have a quick beer. And he's like, call me up on stage. Started, you know, he started beatboxing, freestyle rhyming. And then, yeah, the rest is kind of the start of that New York trip about, for me, just coming from this like really nice quaint area where an LA meeting and being comfortable with people to start to feel a bit out of fish out of water again. And um, but catching up with him in the CBGBs was um, a highlight as well. Knew a little bit about how important that space was in New York City, but more the impact post once I actually, after being there and, and meeting people and, and all different stuff. So. That was that was my first kind of you know twelve hours in in, in New York. I have and, heard of C. Time. Yeah, I have heard of CBGBs. Um, I think it's popped up on things I've listened to about the hardcore punk scene. How it was also a very important venue for those types of. I mean, I I wasn't really into hardcore punk when I was younger. I didn't. I would liked punk because my mum was one of. My mum was a punk in the probably late 70s, um, in the original type of punk. And I never really understood what hardcore yep. punk is. I do now, still like it. But I had heard that pop up. But it sounds like you went yep. from kind of a day where you're like, fuck, I don't know, what the fuck am I doing? I'm in New York. I can't fucking, I'm going to be stuck here. I don't know. And then before you know it, the wonders of like, not really a good Samaritan. Just, but yeah, um, technically, someone just going, you're right there, mate. And you're like, yeah, yeah. well, this is what's happening. They're like, oh, yeah, come round, pop round. Hit. Yep. Have, have, have a bit of a drink with us. Use our internet. Use our phone. Go for it. Like that random act of kindness. That was beautiful. And that's and I think that's what I've always done as I travel even till now is that engagement. And when he did, it was it really was because I think by that stage it had been a whirlwind kind of trip, and I hadn't had that that many relaxed points. Mm. And 
you know what I mean? And going, well, yeah, there would have been relaxed points, but I just feel, you know, that build up and then coming to New York. And, and you know, one thing for me that I, you know, is, is that going on that adventure and having these thoughts and dreams since a really young person mm-hmm. and how things are. And, and, you know, I'm untapping feelings that I haven't really explored in, in a physical sense because they're not in the realm of my understanding. But when I start landing and then look around New York and, I think that was part of my semi kind of like little slouch that I had that sitting there going, oh, fuck, I'm here, but you know, where am I going to go? And and then it, it did speed up from there in a sense of goodness and, you know, end up staying there. And, and I guess the first couple of days when I was in New York and I was, you know, I went exploring myself, I didn't really see that many. I could see like obviously the city of the you know, big, big monuments, but I, I went down, you know, to the boroughs and checked stuff out. And I really wanted to be in those spaces that I did see um in videos and books and i yep. did want to go and go in these places so you know your day two or three and you know i was i wasn't too far from a place called the fun factory and uh, the fun factory okay. was yeah go ahead i was gonna say can you tell um, it sounded like you were going to but i don't the fun factory doesn't really exist anymore so do you want to give people an overview of what that is because that that's definitely a really important <clears throat> part of new york city graffiti history isn't it the fun factory yeah, it's huge. And what I understand of it is, um, when I when I went there in that that early early two thousand, it was a part of it was an active uh, meat meat shed, so where they moved meat and store meat and all that stuff. So that was pretty active. But my, a lot of it the, around the outside and stuff, you could paint. So it was a place where um, you know I, I I don't know when exactly it started, but when I was there, it was very active with a lot of different kings. You know what I mean? Though I've been even seen a couple of movies. Um, on you know from Hollywood where they've actually filmed it down there and those pieces were still there like a mad blade and and all this stuff so to see all that stuff was just really overwhelming so to actually get to paint there you have to go and see the the you know their people so they've got mm-hmm. like a little donger or like a shed where yeah. you you go go in there and they they host and then you've kind of got to just let them know who you are and show show some evidence show some proof that you can paint. <laughs> um, because it was, you know, it was, it was policed, you know what I mean? Though, yeah. it, it not policed in the sense of police, but it was, you know, monitored. This is a message from one of our sponsors. They are Brew Inc. Australia. Check them out on Instagram, Australia underscore Brew Inc. They do a really wide range of etches and inks. Simple, no-nonsense brand, which is all about making things difficult to erase. So I'll say no more. My current favourite at the moment is, if I can pronounce this right, I can definitely, I like the product, I just never pronounce it, Movebury. So you think of that, it's like this kind of like, like dark pink, reddish purple sort of ink. Very difficult to erase, but of course that's for decoration purposes only. And check them out, we've actually got an exclusive uh, discount code so if you go to australia underscore brewing on instagram and you use this discount code you can actually get a buy two get one free and that code is one three one two again this is buy two get one free and that code is one three one two and to do this they don't necessarily have a website it's all through instagram and tell them that fucking toy division sent you anyway back to the show It was policed, but not necessarily literally policed. It was that they kept 
Um, they kept an eye on who was painting, basically, in terms of quality. Yeah, correct. So, and I, I, when I turned up there that first day, because I, I wasn't too far from where I was kind of staying, and I had a mm -hmm. quick look around, but then I went back again, and um, I um, met up with some, like a, a legend, a friend of the, where I was uh, staying, it was a bit of a, a legend, a massive legend from the 70s, and he was, you know, he met me there quickly and just, he said, yeah, go, just go out here and stuff and have a chat to this fella. And I was talking to another legend as well. And I had to kind of prove that to him. So I had some photos of me. And in that time, I'd kind of met two, two um, folks from Copenhagen. So yeah. when they were there, they had um, this new technology called the USB. And I'm like, okay, yeah, cool, that's cool. <laughs> and, and like, you've got to imagine it. Like, it's like this built up like four or five stories they're painting. The outside up high hadn't been done by this stage. So you had this elevator line above. You can climb up this rusty old gate and do the top. There was like heaven spots about a couple of stories up and, you know, around the bottom base, the side, around the other side. And they had this amazing bend sweep um, of like an elevator line that went across. So it was, you know, very New York-esque. It was just pretty mind-blowing. And so when I went and chatted to these folks, he goes, oh, have you got photos? And I said, cool. And he goes, yep, you're right. And he starts talking to these other fellas and they go, got a USB and he looks at his other colleague and looks back and goes, can you fit that thing in there? <laughs> and he puts it in and he goes, it just wouldn't work. So he had a whole abundance of these photos that he couldn't, and he couldn't prove it. So basically they were shut down. Said, no, nah, you can't paint it unless you've got proof, you know? And but I, I, I had some Polaroids on me, some photos. And so he said, yeah, cool. And basically walks me out and he goes, where do you want to paint? And he's looking at everything and goes, you can paint anywhere you want. So I'm looking at all these elevated spaces and this and that. And I'm, I'm just keeping it easy. I'm just thinking, you know, I'm just, you know, day two to be here and have a paint. I'd, I'd have a little bit of fun in LA. So it's not like I was chewing at the bit to have a paint, but well excited. I've just gone off that ball there. And he looks at me and he goes, you're fucking kidding, aren't you? I go, why is that? And he goes, of all the places you want to paint, you want to paint right there. And I said, well, you know, what's the process? This is the process for everyone. I have to come and see you, show photos, mm. prove. And where do you hang and goes, if not around the factory here? I said, cool. So everyone that sees you has got to walk out and look at this space here. So number one, it's rolled. And, you know, like I've got I've got my paint and stuff like that. And number two, everyone's got to see you walk out this door and go, there's my painting. He goes, that's fair enough. It might make sense. <laughs> so my, my, you know, to, to, to go through the process of that kind of, he scratched his head at the start and he goes, oh, that makes sense. And, you know, for me, like I wasn't seeing this ladder, it was rusty. And, you know what I mean? Like I said, I, I didn't have the world to set on fire. I just wanted to have it. Uh, you know, just to have that birth into that experience of painting in New York and this amazing space with the place called the Fun Factory. And so I ended up having a crack there and um, had a chance to put up on me, on me folks and, and people in my crew. And, and that was great. It was my first kind of experience. And then I think that night, um, I ended up pretty much doing like that Venice, um, you know, <laughs> that Venice walk style from, from around the corner. There's a little, um, a little Irish um, place there called Shannon's Pot which is amazing, you know, for me anyway, I walked straight in. So these these fellas stayed with me from Copenhagen and then we just got on the piss, you know what I mean? And and then we ended up crawling, I ended up crawling home, they crawled home and, and it was an amazing day. So we ended up getting the paint, needed a couple of handful of legends, got to paint and then pretty much hit the uh, piss at the Shannon's pot. And, um, but yeah, the what a thing great, about the what fun. a great day! What a great day! Ends <laughs> up meeting some legends, and then basically, I was also going to ask you. Sorry to interrupt, but do you have a? Have you still got a photo of? Did you manage to get a photo of that piece? Have you still got it? Because that would be like a, again, especially that New York experience, that first time. You're like, fuck, I'm painting in New York City. Yeah, I do, I do, and I, I got um, a couple of photos of that as well. 
yeah, so. yeah. And just just and of of it when it was back in its you know when the the red hens were actually running on the tracks as well. Mm. Yeah, you know, I got photos of when it lean kind of leans as it tilts around, and you've got the the three story bit of paint. You know, like I did capture some quintessential you know um, you know New York feeling vibes, and oh, it was, it's it's it was just totally overwhelming. Like if anyone's had any like any of anyone that's listening, like if they've had any I don't know connection to fulfilling or living out anything. You know, in their life since they were a young person. You know, I know a lot of people went, I want to be an astronaut or I don't know if that's everyone, but that's how Hollywood sells it to us. And, you know, we always said, you know, the sky's the limit, but if you want to be an astronaut, you have to go to space. So that's a bit limiting. So as a young person thinking about what you could feel and stuff, like I was, you know, I was a pig and shit and I was happy just to keep, you know, being with these newfound friends that are still friends now in Cooper and I can get on the piss. You know, and I thought, yeah. what a way to do it. You know what I mean? So I was, I was starting to feel that warmth again, like I had, in on the west coast and 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 meeting these um couple of euro folks you know what i mean and it wasn't long after that and and just quickly talking about five points mm. for me um I, I went back in 2011 as well and, and painted it there as well and did around the back end side of it and by this stage it gone to the next level of called five points i think it may have went through a few different hands or people managing it but me who ran it to its um until when it was actually all shut down and everything we got to connect with him. I had a friend that I'd met in Newcastle that was living and working in New York. So he ended up arranging it, having the paint for me and and, and my wife and I and him ended up doing um, uh, some paintings right around the back in 20, that was 2011, I'm pretty sure, or about 2012. And that's, you know, I think, I can't remember when it exactly got shut down, but I think it was about three or four years ago, maybe. So in that stage, it stopped being um, from the early 2000s, stopped being a meat factory and a business, and it became mm -hmm. a graffiti hall of fame, which was the whole space, the whole block. So from yeah. you know up and down levels, that's when they started doing it. As if you would see it over its progressions of, of where you know the gone right high done around the sides and really taking the space to the that next level. And um, but yeah, great space to be in there. Yeah. So one thing I was going to say to you is one story you told me which I think needs to be documented. And what I really like the way is, is you're not name dropping left, right and centre. That's 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 really good. That's not like I'm saying, no, please don't say any people's names. But I think the fact that you're the experiences, you know who you met, you know, a couple of legends, yeah. you said, but you haven't used that as like a name dropping. I went and met blah, 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 blah. And I really like the way you're doing that because it sounds like the experiences were so and still are probably so in your mind and in your probably subconscious memory as well that it doesn't the names are important but just those experiences have kind of like wired themselves into your brain that are like sure. unforgettable so without then saying uh who was who and what was what because i know we did speak about this would you be interested in talking about the night that you tried to go and do a um uh new york subway or you were you were kindly escorted would you be interested in telling that story? You don't have to, because I know there's a bit of a, but it was, there was so much, that that, that was a strong story. Or we can just leave it between you and I. <laughs> I, I I feel comfortable and um, I feel that, you know, it's, I think, you know, it's, it, I like podcasts as, as they are. And we spoke about this and mm. I think it's important that when we do chat and I love how you folks do your wellness stuff and, and your crossover mm. and how important the things that we do in life are done with the love and the compassion that we have. And I think mm. stories when people have it on podcasts to be out there and, and living in these spaces 
are important because otherwise they they do just sit wherever they sit and you know um so yes i am happy that's a long answer yes i'm i'm happy to um to to um yeah to put it out there and so um yeah sh where should we start so um i think it was because i was on about two day two or three or four or something there so uh, and in that by by about day four or five i went down and just you know, because you know these legends are out there, um, New York legends, and you you know they've made good businesses and names for themselves. So, for me and and my sleuthing, I, I knew that you know even though I didn't have strong connections, I could go and put myself in front of these legends. So I did. So I went down um, went down to the Bronx and, and met some you know some really some really cool spaces and just really blown away and got to see different stuff. And I didn't have a tour guide, you know what I mean, and. Kind of, I'm not so much of a homework person as well. I, I am yeah. kind of, I kind of rush into things at times, and I've learned over the years that's not always the way to be. Um, <laughs> but I've, I've taken this exploring kind of, you know, credentials, and that's what I've done. Never, never afraid in the sense to go out and be a part of that, you know. And 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 if I get in that dark alley, and and I've done it, and I've been in those very precarious situations over many years, and you know, I still feel, you know, safe in the pavements that I walk, you know, so. I've taken this attitude and gone exploring and and came across different um people and then um in that couple of days building relationships and um coming back and then introducing my copenhagen friends to these people and then so even to the point where these folks i didn't feel embraced and and you know shared a few stories and and asked where and what you know places and spaces where you can have a look at some space uh, some some trains so I went to another place that I, I felt pretty connected to as well, and and I met you know one of these legends at the time as well, and was pretty blown away. And the, the good connection between LA and this 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 shop that I was at um, was that one of the people that was in LA knew one of the guys really well, so I knew to go on his um, say so and, and connect and say hey, just hang out over here, had a great time, and. And just while I was doing that and building over, you know, probably that couple of days, this this legends walked in from Star Wars, and I'm like, wow, you know what I mean? I thought this is cool, and um, I just happened to be with my Copenhagen friends, and they just they're just blown away because they were kind of informed not to go that far down into the burrows, and and they were just happy to do more of the sightseeing stuff, and if they got to do a piece, they were. So they want more on a like, you know, a holiday holiday. And um, so they were just as intrigued as I was. So anyway, we end up drinking out on the street because in uh, New York, I'm pretty sure it's still the same. You can drink on the streets, but as long as it's in a brown paper bag. So out of sight, out of mind law. <laughs> so we're on there just drinking and then sharing stories and, and all that stuff. And then, um, you know, I expressed that, you know, my story of like being a young person going, how I want to paint a train in New York City. So he, he kindly said, well, I've got some people that, you know, that, that have been doing a few and, um, let's go and hang out. So we, we went up getting picked up from these folks, like the Copenhagen friends and these guys, and then went down to the boroughs and had a couple of beers and stuff like that. And the, my Copenhagen friends had to go back before it was dark. So I said, cool, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm going to stay. And this is pretty exciting. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm reliving those kind of feelings as a kid and getting all excited. And so they left. They said, you sure you want to come? And I was like, oh, that's all good. I've got this, you know what I mean? And running with that kind of, you know, blind blind faith and so um yeah so we end up hanging out with these these so there's three of us and myself and hanging out with these guys and we're just cruising around having a couple of beers and we get some pain and we go look at this spot so i'm looking at this spot and you go well this is the space and and you know it's this space is um you know it's it's in this movie star wars and we're looking at this space and 
so it's like cool and then so these folks go around going oh you know we want to we want to go and you know um acquire some drugs you know so I was like, oh yeah, I'm excited. So I get I get some money and I say, you go buy yourself some drugs and do you want some? I said, no, no, and I'm just super excited. This is a painful boot, a bit a boot full of pain. I've you know done the 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 host of looking after me, just like I took that six pack for the internet. You know, it's a cup of tins here. You know, here's a little bit of something, something. And you know, I wasn't necessarily in in around the knowing of you know substances back then, and most certainly whatever the hell smoking. <laughs> and um, so they're they're in the front seat, puffing away. And by this time, sorry, before the, the drug kind of like, um, you know, um, transaction goes on, you know, um, the person, the legend that was, you know, installed was, um, had to peel away. And he's like, you know, let's come with, come and meet, you know, oh shit, I said my name. It's all right. It'll get <laughs> beeped take... out. It'll get beeped out, mate. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he said, no, come with me. And I said, come and meet my wife. And he, he, he you know, he tried to coerce me a little bit and, and I was like, fully excited you know like that young person that's got that that vision to to get over you know and and live out and fulfill that stuff and that was a very strong batman signal for me you know and and no one was really shaping me it doesn't matter how who i met i wasn't that overwhelmed <laughs> you know what i mean i just had this focus of and because you know like i said you know like i, I do run in and, and do stuff and sometimes i don't do as much homework and i think that's a little bit you know the, the flavor of you know going with people and stuff as well and and feeling a bit comfortable and following that feeling more so than you know doing it myself and and all that business so um he he tried to get me to go with him but i didn't i stayed and that's when you know the rest unfolded so we're up to the these folks just having you know a bit of what they're having and just smelled so off man you know i'm in the car wanting the window down and they're cruising around and i think it just smelled so rank found out later on it was pcp and uh, <laughs> so you know so by this stage you know i've had a couple of beers it's getting late I reckon I've got this second-hand PCP smoke all happening for me. I'm sitting there going, oh, shit, you know, it's all happening. So I just said to the folks, I said, oh, what do you reckon we can get some more? I said, nah, man, we're paint. I said, we're on, let's go paint. So two folks are in the front. All right, let's go. And, you know, by this stage, it's like 3 o'clock in, in, the, in, the, in the morning. And I'd already learned from my week or so in New York that if you're in these spaces and, you, and you're, you know, um, a light-skinned fella or whatever, you know, like, Police only you know way down there. At the end, they're doing crime and you're paying. So if police catch you when you walk on the street and stuff, they'll lock you up. You know what I mean? Because under the you know the, the, the suspicion of those two things, and because um, you really stand out in those areas. So um, so yeah, they pulled up and we're looking at this yard. So they end up going, "Don't no, you wait here?" So I waited. And I felt feeling really sleepy. Obviously, this was the effect of the second <laughs> fucking. PCP fucking bowling up this car, not enough fucking wind taking it away or whatever. And so I'm, I'm getting really dreamy, you know what I mean? And, and they come back and it felt like they were gone for, you know, like five seconds, but they're gone for about 15 minutes. So they've said to me, you go down and have a look. And I was like, oh yeah, cool, cool. So I, I kind of got out the car thinking, yeah, I've got all the important things on me and you can feel where it's kind of leading here, um, you know, and I went down and had a look and by the time I, I went down and had a quick look down this kind of cut back bush and, and had a look at this cleaner, um, I turn around and look and the car is just taken off and I'm like, ah, fuck. You know what I mean? That's pretty devo. You know what I mean? I'm thinking, oh yeah, nah. Still in this kind of haze of emotion, you know, PCP, a couple of beers, nothing too, you know, not too over the top drinking, but you know, enough to put everything into a spin, big day walking around, you know, um, just all this all come together at once. And I'm like, Got to the space and I'm looking down the road and I'm going, yeah, right, they might come back. 
<laughs> and I'm thinking, <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh yeah, yeah. Well, what I'll do is I'll just, I'll just go and I don't know. I'm just in this kind of, I don't know. And, and I couldn't, I couldn't really articulate. And at the time, I just knew I was pretty tired and pretty wound, wound up and wound down. I was like, I'll just go and have a sleep on this, this kind of like porch here. And I've kind of crawled up on this thing, and I've just kind of started close my eyes, and then I pinned my eyes. And went, can't do that. You know, there's if someone catches me, they've got the right. I'm on someone else's property, and you know how it unfolds from there. And I'm like, zoom, straight on to, to the thing. And I'm looking around going, nah, I look down there. It's, nah, there's stuff down there. And I'm remembering all this information that people had shared with me about. And I'm like, what do I know? I know the train line. So I ended up kind of walking past where the yard was, climbing over this tiger wire, jumping into the into the, the train line and just hoofed it all the way to the station. You know what I mean? There was a couple of mishaps there and things and falling down and rolling in the fences and stuff like that. And it was a fair bit way down. I just I felt like I was running forever because by this stage, starting to set in that, you know, I'd been, I'd been, you know, if I can, my shit's been taken. You know, I've, 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 I've not only just my physical shit, but I think my emotional shit's been taken. Like, so they just, so just to clarify, then when you got, you had the essentials, but they had, they yeah. just taken all your pain. So you had no pain. Yeah. So the. I had no pain, no, like, so, what, well, two things, two things that were, um, very important was my black book, um, the photos, which I proved to, to paint at, like, five points, but uh, also, too, I had my charger for my video camera in there, so I lost the pain, I could easily, you know, buy on that, that's no problem, but my bag that was in there had a black book, and in this black book, um, in that first week, I actually got to go to an amazing side story, um, I got to go to an amazing exhibition where I got to re-meet all these legends and you know some and you know like i mean fellas but they've been writing since 1972 wow. or 1968 they started so really strong legends that were in the stylized writing i got to meet these folks and there was one legend just a, within the story which was a highlight is that um one of these fellas that we all know from star wars got to meet this legend that i got to meet for the first time as well so it's early 2000 this folks this, this guy's been writing I'm going to say his name. It's Stay High One Four Nine. Oh wow! This, um, and uh, ROP, uh, bless his soul. Yeah. Um, you know, like this, this, this um, person got to meet Stay High One Four Nine for the first time, and and this person is, you know, in Star Wars and and well known, and he's getting to meet this person. I'm getting to meet for the first time, and so I, I actually captured a photo of those two, and they asked him to do his black book, and I got a photo of them two together. Um, like him just being like a, you know, a beginner in our culture point and just like, wow, this is an absolute legend. So I got to, you know, spend time with him and I'll capture that photo. So all these photos I had, so I had my camera dark, I had the essential stuff, but all the, the black book that all these legends had signed and did pages for me. And, and, and it was this like exhibition that was really small. Mm. So everyone was out in the street, except the artists and the people that were going to go and buy the art. So all these legends are out the front just making you know, circles and huddles and, and talking and flexing and stuff like that. So I had lost my black book with all those lessons in it. And what was important was my um, video camera charger um, and me missing that and basically anything that was in the future, I couldn't film. Um, so I lost all that. And oh, so fuck. anyway, back to me running up the track. Yeah, so yeah. just back to me running up the tracks. 
Hopefully, I'm making more sense, man. I'm kind of reflecting and as I'm going. Am I moving too? I'm loving. No, I'm loving this, mate. The reason every now and again I just go just to clarify because this feels like this is like pure story knowledge just pouring out, and you're like, yeah. And then I did this and I did that, and that's what I love about these sorts of stories. The only reason I'm going so can you just clarify is because. With me, for example, yeah. if I lose a fucking phone charger lead these days, I get fucking annoyed about it. Let alone being in the middle of New York on my own, solo, someone from abroad having a fucking sketchbook taken, which has these legends. Like, I, you, you must have been like, I'm in a kind of autopilot here and I'm going to make yeah. it. What I really like was that you... you as a lot of writers will do, what do we know? We know train tracks. We know that train lines will get us somewhere. If we can follow the tracks, whether it's literally on the tracks, anyone listening to this that's young, of any age, don't be fucking stupid on train tracks. Please don't be fucking yep. careful. Yep. But we know that they go a straight line, well, most of the time. So you were going towards this station. You had the some of the essentials also. I know the guys that were just legged it will never listen to this, but what fucking wankers to just fucking ditch someone. But anyway, fuck them. Um, <laughs> so, but that's, uh, imagine uh, how harsh that is. Imagine that you're like entertaining someone and then you just get a bit high on PCP and you're like, fuck it, just ditch them there. That's fucked, man. I, anyway. I, I would... I, I would, and, and I feel you, and, and looking back, you know, like once again, if I ru rush into that stuff, in reflection, looking back, you know, my my excitement, it, mm. it, you know, it's it's double-edged, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it can bring this, but it can also bring this happiness, which is, this is this ball of emotion. So for me, I was kicking into this kind of, you know, what do I know mode. So I've, I've, I've kind of cleared the, the fence track, kind of come the cropper, things are happening, I roll down the fence, hit it again. Um, got to the platform, sat up there, took a really deep breath. By this time, it's probably, I don't know, probably probably around close to 4.30, 5 o'clock. So coming into that kind of peak, you know, things are starting to move in the city because where mm. I was was quite deep to get right back onto uh, Manhattan Island. It's, you're talking an hour and a half or something like that. Wow, fuck And um, so, so I'm deep. And so I'm sitting there going, checking my essentials and then having a breath and I'm going, and it's probably just that you know, I, I, you know the, the um, you know, want to do the right thing, and I know what I've been doing. I wanted to have a, a metro card on me, and I didn't have one. I'm like, fuck, I need a metro card to travel. You know, I just don't want to have anyone pull me up for whatever fact. You know, and I think yeah. it's important. Um, you know, when you're doing anything like that, buy a train ticket. Do you know what I mean? Because yes. for any excuse for for people to check your bags and that, for anyone that may be doing, buy a train ticket. That's your first saving grace is just to get a ticket. So anyway, so I kept that kind of fear and I ran back up and I had to jump the turnstile and that, you know, it all from the movie. So I'm kind of doing it like I'm in Beat Street or something, I jump the turnstiles <laughs> and sure enough, I look up in, in, in the booth and there's a copper and, and a, a teller just looking at me like, oh no, fuck. And so, you know, being a quick thinker that I am, I, you know, kind of tried to adopt a, an accent like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and I've just and I've just popped it on and put this English accent on and and then I've got me ticket and I think they were just like serving me just in a bit of a daze and, and I think that's how I felt. But I think by this time the my haze and, and everything had blown off and I was just mm. in that kind of need to get where I'm going mode. And they're just looking at me and then just like there and I'm going, they're like, oh yeah, yeah. And I'm just kind of chuck use me then turn style and go, when's the next train? And basically I'm on it. And as soon as I hop on it, it's just 
you know, locals. They're you know, just all looking at me and I'm like, ah, oh, Christ. The fuck Here is this English, again. the cop and the the person in the booth is thinking, yeah. what the fuck is this English dude doing here at like 4.30 in yeah. the morning in the deep areas of bar- very far from Manhattan? What the fuck is he doing here? And you're thinking... I, th- I honestly think... <laughs> I honestly think they were in shock. Like I was in shock, but I was in that, you know, everything was running, you know what I mean? And I think mm. like, how did this dude get onto the platform? Do you know what I mean? Like, so I've come in the reverse way, you know, the way that we, a lot of us know, mm. and sitting on there and I didn't have the ticket and I'd still, you know, just wanted to get this ticket. And so I think they were just, and by the time I got down, the train had turned up. So I was straight on the train, had all these mob looking at me and, and then they just looked at me going, what are you doing here sort of thing? And then I start talking and then, they're talking about all different things, you know, like Skippy and Fosters and all that stuff, whatever they want to talk about. And um, as I look down the train, you can see the train is a kink as it hits the line and there was a copper a couple down and kind of did a double take at me and went, fuck, I'm going up there and kind of stood next to me and I kind of like felt safe enough to kind of just let everything hang. So I fell asleep and then kind of woke to, you know, um, more locals towards Manhattan Island getting on and off and the scene of trying to change from the train a bit and, and you know, started to get to where I was going and basically just took a deep breath, got off at Union Square and just went, ah, you know, and, and just, just this whole relief of just like, you know, yes, I didn't hit where I wanted to be for most of my dreams and my life for, for that stage, but at least I know I'm clear and I can just go to this space and just fucking just pretty much collapse, man, emotionally just fucking be a bag of balls. You know, and, and um, you know, for the next two days after that, all I did was had just a couple of records on uh, records, like um, CD uh, albums on repeat and just mm. kind of wrote some, got on the email because I had access to the email in this space that I was letting and, and just started talking about, you know, like it's, the only person I let know was my wife at the time, well, my partner at the time. And um, and I'd send an email thinking, you know, it's, is this worth it? You know what I mean? Is it worth having these fucking unachievable dreams sometimes or living it out, should I just, you know, get a new ticket and come home? So, you know, like I think the outcome from that was just relax, just cave it for a couple of days, which I did, and and then just went, you know what? And then I think the, the guy I was subletting with came back after a couple of days and, he got, and I told him the story and he was just scratching his head going, because, man, I've lived on this island all my life and I've never been down where the places you're saying. And he goes, like, and he was just scratching his head. He's going, come on, man, I'll take the other, um, with me and this other legend and, and um, the, the roomie. Then we just went out and just got something to eat. And, and that's when I caught up with my friends from Copenhagen again. Ah. And um, so then I mentioned to them again the story. And in this time, so it's unfolding, you know, you've got to think anywhere from six to ten days. So I'm unfolding. I'm still going to these haunts. I'm going back into the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> catching up with some guys I'd built some strong relationships with um, and I'm sure they knew what happened because they were, you know, needling certain things. Um, but for me, um, I only let the, the Euros know and no one from New York and my partner at the time. So for me, that was, it was just like, there's a potential here and, and if I don't need to, I don't know, it was just, I just had a feeling not to say anything. So I just played those cards and then... Um, the Euros said, I'll oh, come and hang out with these other two amazing Euros from um, um, Prague, from, from Czech. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up gathering, gathering at one of their places that they were subletting and we had a really cool Euro Australian night and we got on the Budweiser's and just had a really cool time. 
playing hip hop music and DJing and basically I connected with them and they they were doing a whole bunch. You know, they had done some amazing whole cars and married couples and heaps of stuff and they were working and living there for a small point. And they said, cool, um, basically, can you, you know, um, do you know this legend from Australia? And I went, yeah. And he goes, well, you know, we'll take you and, and you, you can come with us and we'll get you over because shit story, you know, we don't like that. But, you know, mm. they told me what the boys told me in LA, which I remember was don't trust New Yorkers as such. <laughs> um, and, you know what I mean? Going back to that warm bubble of being in LA and stuff like that and, you know, having that still, you know, just, just I don't know, innocence and, you know, that adventurous and, and you know, from Australia and, and all that stuff, like, you know, they reinforced again. They said, you can come with us. And, um, you know, one of their things was like, can you just, when you get home, tell this legend that we took and say it as part of your story. So I did. So because of that, one of these legends in Australia, um, I did, and they were well, well taken by this person. And so they went, cool, I'll take it. So, um, there's a lot to be said about the Eastern European, actually, mate, just, I was going to say Europeans, but then I'm thinking of Aussies, like the way that Aussies, which is what a, a massive thing I love about Aussie writers is for a country that's on the other side of the world, there's a lot of Aussie writers and, you know, I've, I've met many Aussie writers that they go abroad and they smash it. And also a lot of people from Eastern Europe go abroad and smash it. But then I'm thinking people from all over the world it's like the stuff that i can see going on in new york in june 2022 at the moment i'm like holy fuck the stuff that's getting done and the people that know it know it but it's like anyway anyway the dreams are always there we can talk about these things off off air um but so i was gonna say you did have it where you had one of those legends kind of like contact you after the fact and just say to you like is everything all right? I think that's what you said when we spoke about it. That it, they just yes. checked in with you and they were like, oh, I've heard it didn't go super great. Yeah. Um, well, it, I'll, what I'll do is uh, I ended up being, like, get, getting over with these folks from mm. um, Prague. Yeah. And, um, you know, we got a nice windows down and, and, you know, like a couple of, you know, almost windows down. There's a couple of breaks in between the pieces where the background could have touched. And there's yeah. some photos of those, one of those running as well and, and different things and stuff. Oh, but, um, it was um and they're really really beautiful really beautiful um folks that i, I got to hang out with you in that sense so i got to do that connector but going back to you know australia's abroad like we are so far away and we've got our chances to develop like I, I i think on the world scale like australia is i don't think it's so much but like, people are aware of australia and the, the potentials of australia from you know your hand styles to your know, pieces to to you know your train painters to you know, you, you, um, your universal leaders, like not only in that, but also, you know, emceeing, b-boying, b-girling, um, DJing, you know, like we've got this raw edge style and it aligns with the original stuff where it came from, but that we're so far away, we've had this chance to to um, be edgy and, and be self-sufficient, which is what the DIY culture of hip-hop is about. And no more strong in the sense of how, you know, um, Vapors Magazine coming from Sydney being, you know, the first um magazine um to editorial to actually encapture most of the elements and then put it out to the world and you know that correct me i'm, I'm not sure but i might be correct but i think that was um i think maybe 87 88 and you know then from there hype magazine um being created a full color magazine which is you know your late 80s 89 
And so, you know, the, the DIY and the tenacity of, you know, any Australian that does go overseas, and it's not just for um, the graph, you know what I mean? It lives in our history of war. It lives in our history of, you know, like our First Nations people and stuff like that. There's this, you know, this is strong um, connection with, you know, you know, whatever passion you do to follow it forth. But in the way of hip hop, it's really lived strongly through these connections that we have in Australia and, and when we do travel overseas and the connections that we make. And it has been a well-worn path, especially now, um, where people um, are living out the things that I wanted to do when I went to LA and New York, where I wanted to live out and go, cool, I can roll up here and be connected here. And because the internet and the world feeling so much smaller, um, you know, um, Australians have been well connected and, and still go on to be some of the, the most amazing style writer beasts in, in the train scene and, and, and all facets of the elements of hip hop. And it's just a certain, and it might go back to the cancer fosters and the skippies and that raw rugged, you know, going for the carbs approach. But, you know, it's, you know, and, and I believe it lives in every human spirit, but, you know, like I, I can only comment on what I know, but, you know, it, it, you know, if you've got a love and a passion to do something, to live an outbeat as, you know, self-acclaimed nerd or, or a knuckle drag like I thought it was back in, you know, the earlier days or, or whatever the case may be, if you, you know, by and largely, that's what I feel from New York is that, when I've fulfilled what I wanted to do before I chose to do anything more, I felt that I couldn't fulfill, you know, to go, I couldn't like skip a step, you know what I mean? I had to do, I had to do the process of being in, in you know, the United States and doing, and doing those things. And you know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Like, Yeah. And I bet those, those photos and those experiences, and this is what I love about graffiti slash hip-hop culture whatever you want to call it you know those times when you go and you end up meeting and making connections i always joke it's because i'm getting older and as you get older you don't make that many more new mates if you're not a graph writer um but then my other mate he was like he was like nah it's because it, people that paint still in their late 30s and early 40s the number of people is just getting less and less so you'll end up meeting most people and normally they're not complete cunts so <laughs> i'm like i like that yeah. idea it's not that but he's english yeah. so it's not as positive a mindset as maybe an aussie mindset so i normally yeah. try and keep these about an hour and these this has been amazing i reckon i should get you on a at another point because i've got a lot more other things i want to ask but one thing i would ask you off and this is not something i've sent you as a question thus far and we haven't really delved into how you have been working with the young people in the newcastle area and you've been kind of mentoring and tutoring and helping people to learn i think that maybe could be another episode further down the line and we've got all the other stuff yep. that you're involved in but one of the things i always like to do with toy division is i like to give people an idea that there's positive things that we can do not necessarily just lifestyle but you know being a creative person can really get us somewhere if there's someone listening to this and they're just kind of getting into graffiti or street art or god who knows whatever term is now deemed i would say stylized letter writing but most people just kind of roll their eyes at that have you got any advice people that are just getting into this stuff you know just maybe finding out something maybe their grandma's bought them a banksy book um and they're like oh what is graffiti have you got any like little kind of hints or tips or bit of knowledge for those newbies to the game i think the internet plays uh, you know like it's a tool like anything that we use it can mm. be something that can be used for i guess 
positive or negative. I think the internet is a, a space where you can can reach out. I think anyone that's um, in um, in learning or starting any any element of you know um, hip hop, but you know graffiti and what we know, um, will start to build a community online or, mm. or will see the community that is online. Um, one thing that I I think that may be a disconnect, maybe as we all the the, the whole movement grows and and develops, um, is you know the connection to maybe the elders in the crew, uh, like in in the scene, like the the elders to to create. And share story, and I think that's where um, you know when I'm saying about podcasts that you know it's good to have all those stories out. But I think the the human connection within as you're developing, you know, it, it could be a young person that's out there developing their own style, but it'll have generally a mate or someone yeah. that's uh, a person with them that um, they'll start to build with. But you generally find that you know the ones that you start out with aren't necessarily the ones that you continue with because. One person's zest or, you know, to, to do graph becomes bigger than Ben-Hur. And, you know, so I think the internet's a good start, but also to when you start to get your understanding of the culture and understanding what that is. And there's so many things on YouTube and stuff that you could, you could um, explore. But I think when you do have a connection with someone and you start to unpeel stuff, and maybe that person, if you ask a question of anyone that's a little bit more mature, um, you know, you, you've got to go with your heart and your gut and, you know, like if you kind of, some people see silly questions as silly questions where for me, being that I have been around a little bit more, I engage on that stuff. And then if it's something that I don't have time on, I'll go, well, type in this on YouTube and check this out. Or have you watched this movie? And a lot of that stuff will be, the, you know, how it came to us. I think that's still a, a huge part that made it still exists, and I still know that that um, crews and connections and people developing, and but I just don't think that um, it's almost like that surrogate elder in our culture now, which is the internet. And like I said, it's it's double edged. You can have it's both worlds, you know. Like it can become this thing that runs away and and, and can articulate and dictate too many things where it moves off where we started. Yeah. So I think having that face to face where you can build your culture and and stuff and and. And I know graffiti is not always obvious, but as we move more into the future, it is. But it's, it takes different branches on the tree. I believe it's all one tree and, and it's just a new branch, the music or the, the art or something like that. So if you start to see, you know, it, it, it visually in the community, um, you can start having conversations with people. If you don't find it locally on the internet, um, you can travel to your biggest or nearest city to, to go and build tours and, and start to build that, um, not, not, not tours, but just have that, you know, roll up at a wall, someone's painting, this is a graffiti known spot. If I wait here for a little bit, I'll come back. I might just run into someone. And, you know, at the end of the day, the experiences I've had with that have always been fruitful, mm. you know, and I think that's, I think that comes back to um, people loving what they do and having compassion and having love and understanding that, you know, if you want this thing to grow and, and as it has and as it's been and be connected, people will have those conversations. I think it's not as it was when we're kind of growing up, like we've both expressed, I feel that we have moved into a better direction, a better, a better light. You know what I mean? Like, I think, um, I think in those senses that when you have those conversations, people are more forthcoming to not not share the world, but if someone asks you a question and stuff, like you can guide because we do all have these tools that you can guide and how do you know such and such? Check out this, watch this video, and if that yeah. person then happens to run into you again in your local scene. 
you can come as a young person and go, hey, I, I checked out this and this. Do you know such and such? And that. Hey, I just, I got most of it. You know, you can start exploring the humanness of why our culture has really become what it is over this this time is that face-to-face having, you know, and, and there's nothing more personally that I love after all, all, all this time in, in our culture is that I get to be and share, have sit-down meals and talk and connect and, and, and hear how, you know, whether they're in the culture or not anymore, but a lot of the folks are, some are, but, you know, just to hear what they've chosen to do with, you know, the energy of what we all experienced when we first got in the craft where you're taking it, how you're doing it, what, you know. And I love nothing more than being, you know, civil in, in a sense and, and having a yarn and a beer and some pizza and just giggling and laughing. And I think that's the most important connection a young person could ever get, could ever do, go to a space where it feels kind of warm. Because, you know, let's face it, you know, there's, there's no such thing as a short thing. But oh, if you can go into one of those situations feeling okay within your art, and you know, and and then talking to someone where you you know you find who you connect with, and it's also too important to know that a lot of the information that the young people do get it depends where they come in and who they meet. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So, um, a person there could be you know a different branch on the tree where you know you, you might have a different type of style writers and ethos and stuff, and that that person will probably be in there. So then that person will learn from there and then come back into the stream and create their own space and then maybe meet another branch from the tree where that person may be more in this sense. But I think one thing it is, is a lot of the young people are open-minded. And then if the information that you do get shared to from an elder or a peer, or um, just be open enough to explore it yourself and, um, you know, take it on board and, and, you know, keep open-minded and just keep moving forward and connecting. And, you know, not everyone's going to connect with you. Um, I think that's a good learning point as well. But if you still keep turning up and, and being human and connecting and, and remember you're doing the art. So the stuff that you're doing, you're human, you're picking up the can, you're creating art, but that's not defining you as your presence, as you as who you are in that space with people and connecting. It's, I think it's that spirit of, of um, graffiti that, or you know, our culture that I think is most important that stays within us. And realize that you know that these certain things don't define us as people. You know, I mean? I'd, I'd much um, I'd much mentor, teach, tutor, coach, whatever someone. No matter how absolutely shit they are, I really <laughs> wouldn't care. I would just that they're actually a, a humble person who's like maybe I might need something. Not someone who turns up flashing things going all fucking oh, i've got this paint i've done this la 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 we've all met writers like that where you're like that for me is not how you actually make connections with anybody you know you turn up being the fucking tough guy we've all been there we've all tried it but the people i resonate with most now are the people who are like humble and it's mind-bending you know there's those people you know who paint and they're so good and they are the most humble empathic nice person and that's what i would count as like longevity because going around being the tough guy after a while you burn too many fucking bridges it does yeah it, it gets tiring to hold that space mm. you know what i mean like and and i think it really starts to separate you from your love your passion for what you want to do it really yeah. takes you away from the reason why you got into it and anything that makes you feel like you've been a bit split or separated and you feel tired i don't think you're in the right area you know, for anything, you know, and 
and it's something that fulfills you and brings you joy and i think that's why i'm saying like those social engagements those social elements and the love and you're right i think what you said is perfect about sharing space with someone that um you know it's just super keen and because i acknowledge that you know like super keen and excited and it's like i'm not going to define you by this but if you're asking me and i can suggest to you like try like this that's good and i think i think who the fuck are we to um you know tell someone's style anyway you know what i mean like that's something that's come across my table in the last little bit where i thought you know ding there's a there's a light for me just to go hey this person's going to roll up as they roll up show me what you can do okay cool can i make a few suggestions and i think that's the the human side of it you know what i mean if we're going to be teachers um or students or you know teaching you know what i mean um i think that's that's the you know that's the thing that sits with me nowadays is engaging with how that person turns up um yes i do have my experience but that's mine but if they ask i i can share or i can suggest and if they're open to it that could be one or two things it's not about doing 20 things in that session it's about one or two things a little bit of take home homework um go and do it it could be watching a movie after you do this go and have a look at this person's style tell me what you think you know what i mean and i've learned over time that not to overshare in that sense and um and just that human element man just you know just a, a cool person's a cool person i think we've all got goodness in us no matter what stage or development that we're at uh, i believe we're intrinsically beautiful people and you know what i mean we don't know bad without good and we don't know good without bad and we have to experience this whole gamut of, of, of stuff in our life and as you know um a human on this earth today um i think it's so so important that we do keep connecting face to face um you know technology you know it could be technology sometimes you just got to know what it is for you so for a young person i think it's just important to stay open keep moving um find out get get in where you're fitting find out where the warm spots are um you know it's not always going to be a fucking easy road it never is uh we're dealing with people but um if you can understand that you know human kindness and human compassion is that that is us and and find out what it means for you um just you know because those you have those saggy points where you're like just got to lighten up eh? <laughs> you know it's just I just got a lot up, hey, like fuck, that was a bit intense, you know what I mean? And, and you and you do have these commentaries along the way, you know, like fuck, that was all a bit intense, you know what I mean? And and I think making that comment as well, you know, like you know, bringing it up, say, oh, hey, fuck, yeah, sorry, man, yeah, I was a little bit forthcoming. I'm just going to sit back here and let you just unfold, but yeah, go, I'm over here if you need me. And I think, you know, that that comes from that compassion and just, just that enthusiasm. And I think that's something that I've always had, even as yeah. that ten year old that nine year old when when I you know and that that can come up in the next story how how you know that that beat street movie influenced me and but just ever since that excitement that excitement has always been there with me you know it's it's it, I, it's it, you know it's a flight you know when I was doing all you know those those spaces and places all around the world and wherever I chose to be the, the flame that's still with me today is the one that still ignites like when I catch up with you and hear your story you know what I mean and 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 connected and and I know that you know we're limited in where we can be all at one time but when I can I will be and and when I can connect I will and I think the scene's big enough now that you're going to find your place where you are and it's just not going to be one source it's going to be several sources and you've just said that unintentionally that's a great company or service name can connect can, can connect. you yeah. said you can we can connect 
can spray yep. can can connect boom yep. there we go copyright in <laughs> 2020 this has been as i said i think this is going to be i think this is going to have to be part one because i think we've scratched the surface here but thanks so much and i yeah this has just been great and i think you know what at the beginning i try and like take some little hook bits at the beginning of the episodes because you show you do listen like i try and take some poignant bits Fuck, I'm not going to know where to get those from because there's so many in this episode, some of the points you said. So thank you so much and thanks for spending the time and we'll definitely get you on for a uh, part two. Thank you, TD. And it's, I just love the opportunity. First time I've done this. So thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the friendship. And um, well done to Toy Division and all the listeners out there. Have a uh, open and beautiful life. Cheers, mate. Well, I'm just going to stop recording. That's episode 86 of Toy Division, done and dusted, encrypted securely on a dodgy hard drive. And uh, yeah, it was an interesting story about New York, wasn't it? Imagine that. What cunts? Just ditch someone. (laughs) Take them out for a paint, just fucking ditch them. Anyway, um, big shout out to, again, Brewink, because there was an advert in the middle. They're now a sponsor of Toy Division. If you'd like to be a sponsor of Toy Division... Get in contact via the Instagram. So that's Toy Division 2, Toy Division 2 on Instagram. Also, if you enjoy listening to Toy Division, one of the best things you could possibly do is share it with other people. If you use the Apple Podcast app or iTunes, again, I can never remember what they've actually called it now, give us a five star rating. Give us a five star rating, written review, and I'll fucking read the best one out. Please go in there, give us a review. And I'll read out the best review that we get. Also, if you use Spotify, you can now do a rating. And that would really help as well. This is something which seems to have grown and grown and grown. I never expected it to. I try and be humble all the time. And I think I'm quite a humble person. But I really feel like we're getting some proper benefits and things going on with this podcast that I had never expected. So I'm going to now start trying to do one episode every fortnight. That has mostly been funded for by the people that have bought the Tango Zines. We've still got a few left. We've still got a few Slam Door ones left. So if you want to support Toy Division, please get on the big cartel and buy one of our fucking magazines. We've only got small t-shirts left though. So I don't think I would fit into a small times 10. So yeah, just get on to toydivisionpodcast.bigcartel.com. That is toydivisionpodcast.bigcartel.com shout out to george b and frenick for the music in the background and alex barch for the photo which has been the toy division logo right from the beginning anyway enough waffling see you in two weeks time big up peace out toy division